What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Super J Cast. I don't know why I did the intro like that, David. Don't know why either. Very sexy voice. Uh, I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Saturday, the 3rd of September, 2022. This is episode 225. Welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. We're starting off. This is going to be a great show because we're already starting out goofy. Um, Hi, everyone. Welcome. We talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, in case you didn't know that. Uh, we do that for about an, uh, an hour, an hour and a half or so, maybe two, if our energy levels are high. And uh, we have lots of fun doing it. Uh, so uh, here's another week. Here's another week Speaking of content. Yourself, this is a content. singularly miserable experience for me. <laughs> I, know. I know. You love it, though. Every week. Every week you get to... Uh, Talk about your love of pro wrestling, specifically the New Japan Pro Wrestling product, uh, and you get to do it with me. And you get questions, and you you and you have love and support from all over the globe, Joel. And uh, you should be you should be feel privileged for that. I know we have a wonderful audience, wonderful listenership, very warm, friendly, supportive. We've got a great community. Um, apropos of nothing, I know you're not a big TV watcher, are you? What what of the sort of major TV series over the years have you watched and enjoyed? Um, hmm. Let's see here. I remember being on board for 24 when it first came out. That's how long ago I'm talking. Um, oh, yeah. Love that. That was good. Uh, what else did I do? I feel like I've like Curb. I watch a lot of Curb. Um, got into the Sopranos. Any of the? Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. And... Funny you should say that because um, I I finished my Sopranos rewatch today. We were supposed to do Actually, a podcast about an hour before we started recording. Oh, it's a good so, show. Uh, I mean, what a brilliant final episode! I know it's very controversial, but the that final episode. And specifically the ending. I mean, while I was watching it, I'm I'm a humble man, Damien. I'm not the kind of guy to self-aggrandize. You know me. I know you. Humility all the way. But (laughs) I must say that I I do see a lot of myself in David Chase, particularly when I was watching that final episode, in as much as absolute contempt for the audience, like bordering on outright hostility and uh, calculated, meticulous efforts to antagonize the piggies who gorged down my content, antagonizing them for my own perverse gratification. Just a, a massive fuck you to everyone who's ever tuned in, just out of sheer spite from me. What? Here we go. Let's serve the piggies up another bucket full of slop. Welcome to the Super J cast. Oink, <laughs> oink. Wow. I mean, that, 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 turned, that turned very dark. Um, yeah, that is a... Uh, 
that that ending was pretty good. I got I got onion rings for the table, like that line. That's one of my favorite. Uh, you, you have to admire the sheer gall of the man to just make <laughs> this amazing prestige TV show six seasons and then just finish it with a prank. Yeah, just to annoy the audience. Just, just I mean, that's that's big Joel Abraham energy right there. <laughs> yeah. It is, but here's the thing, though. To this day, it is one of the, still one of the most talked about endings, right? It, I mean, this is a 20 year old show, and we're still the conversation is still there about that final episode and what it meant and and and, and all of it. So, like, if if I'm if I'm closing out a TV series as well known as the Sopranos, uh, yeah, I, I mean that's the goal, right? <laughs> that, to have an end like that, to have people still talking about it to this day. Yeah, I think he won. I think I he won. I don't that. see where the debate is personally. It's it, it's just it's clearly just designed to piss everyone off. And David I, Chase I, sitting at home, just laughing, <laughs> laughing to himself, and enjoying the thought of how angry everyone is. But but I mean, I don't know if people are as as angry as they are intrigued and left open ended. Like they like you you like you create your own ending. Like all right, Tony got shot. All right. Um, you know, whatever. A bomb went off in the fucking building. All right. Uh, it it ends on just the a onion happy rings note. were poisoned. Right, right, right. The onion rings were poisoned. Uh, you know, or or like, okay, the last scene they're with the family and Meadows not. You know, she can't fucking park for shit. So uh, you know, she's taking a sweet time getting in. Women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Uh, you know, it's it was just you know maybe it was just Tony saying, okay, this is. You know, this is what it's all about. My family, my family's here, and you know, Meadows coming in, and that's that. Who knows? But yes, um, I have been rewatching. I'll, I'll tell you something uh, quickly as well, Joel. I uh, last, not last night, night before, was Harry Styles at Madison Square Garden. Woo. And I know who he is now because you smarted me up last time. How yeah. was Mr. Styles? Mr. Styles. Did Let he me sing all the songs something. nicely? It like the show was really good. Like he was great. I thought he was tremendous. I thought the band was great. I thought but I've never been a part of a crowd like that in my entire concert going experience. Like this they would like there were nineteen thousand young ladies in this in this building that would storm a government building for this boy. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Uh, like I, they, like they're dancing, you know, the music. Okay. So you got your opening band and now we're going to set up the stage for the main act. And you know, they just play music. Right. And they're singing along to every fucking song. Well, one of them was a one direction song and they're jumping up and down. Like it's like, it's the actual concert. Like the, like the, the, the floor was moving as they were jumping up and down to the music, a uh, uh, changing of the set. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "These, they're maniacs." Uh, but it was fun. Like it was just so. It it really was fun. And and I was living a little bit through the eyes of a ten year old girl who was at her first concert. You know, and the first time in New York City. Um, and she was just like was just overwhelmed and loved it and couldn't believe what was happening. Um, but it was a it was honestly one of the coolest concerts I've ever been to. Um, just for the crowd energy alone. It was unbelievable. Did you have a pastrami sandwich? 
I should have. You know, I've been at Madison Square Garden in the past two weeks, twice. I did not get one pastrami sandwich. But I did walk by where I think we did have the pastrami, the, the, uh, pastrami sandwich. I, I think I was in the exact same area. So uh, I did think of you in going into Madison Square Garden. It's one of these leave the memories alone kind of situations, isn't it? It really was. You don't want to disturb the law of the uh, pastrami sandwich. It is one of our greatest bits. Let's be honest. It is one of our greatest bits of all time, the pastrami sandwich. And it has legs to this day. Um, unfortunately, we haven't had a lot of pastrami sandwiches come our way <laughs> in recent weeks. But uh, I think that's more to do with just in general, like New Japan kind of being in this holding pattern until we get moving a little bit. You say holding pattern when we are 48 hours away from the first cheering show yeah, being opened by Minoru Suzuki versus Bad Dutita. And I'm not going to start talking about that now, but plenty of reason to be excited. But we, we will get onto that later. We have, I would say, some interesting nuggets to talk about this week. It's not been the spiciest of news weeks, but there's certainly some stuff we can sink our teeth into. I will start this off with a question from Figure Collector 2, who says, best source you found for learning about stardom? Now, so far, I, Damon, I thought that people would be banging the doors down desperate, prostrating themselves at our feet, saying, please let me be your stardom piggy. Uh, but we haven't got many. We had the the lovely Michael from our Discord, who's offered, but that's it so far. And so at the moment, Michael, you're winning. It's going to yep. be you who's going to be our stardom expert. But if anyone else uh, wants to challenge for that uh, position, that may, maybe we'll have a quiz. Or maybe we'll bring you all on the... We'll, we'll do a big Skype call together and say actually no that sounds awful that's a terrible idea <laughs> we'll, we'll think of some way of uh deciding who our stardom expert is going to be but yeah if you are listening and you think you could be our stardom point person then get in touch yeah the only thing i ask is that you have a decent personality honestly that's that's really it uh, and obviously know your know your stuff a good voice yeah nice I mean, accent. it helps um but yeah, I was. I even shot Joel a text. I was like, "Who? Who? who you know, anybody?" He's like, "No, we got time. You know, we'll we'll see what happens." So okay, again, we're putting it out there. You could be. Uh, I don't know if it's like a weekly thing. I don't think you'll have to do it weekly, but you know, at least I would think once a month, right? Um, just to give us the well, lowdown. I, of what's going I don't on. know if our remit is is just that IWGP Women's Title. I would say I'm looking at. We definitely want someone in to preview historic crossover, yep. which is on November 20th. So we want someone in by November. So I'd say we've got two and a half months oh, we to find the perfect person for this gig. Yeah. Come on. Step up. Step up if you're a fan. All right. Uh, what do we got? What do, I don't even know what we got this week. What do we got this week? Let's, let's start off with a bang, Damon. Let's okay. talk about that old uh, AEW Dynamite. Ooh. We had a very tasty main event there with Will Ospreay and Aussie Open in that trios tournament against Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. What did you think of that? I liked it a lot. <laughs> I know people probably are on the fence. You know, some people, you know, some people loved it. Some people probably didn't like it, but I thought it was great. I really did. And, and to me, it's one of the more exciting things going on in the entire world of pro wrestling. Um, 
like when they're in the ring together, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, and the whole match, I really thought, you know, I think Aussie Open is one of the most underrated tag teams on planet Earth. Um, and I think they mesh perfectly. I think all three of them just, this could be really good if they, if they found a way to incorporate all three in this. Uh, but yeah, the idea of Osprey and, and, and Omega, it's, uh, I think they're, they're they're doing it well, right? They're teasing it as much as they can, and they're they're maximizing their TV time to get this over. And I think, I mean, I I, I would I'm kind of on the fence of where I would want to see it if if this is a pure United States thing, or is this something that you know eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, crosses over to Wrestle Kingdom time. Yes, we have a few questions about that. Louis says, in a perfect scenario for this match, where would you have Osprey versus Omega? Multiverse A says, if you can't have cheering fans for Omega Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom, would New Japan consider running it in a big building for the USA? Also, will we ever get to the point where a full building of fans can cheer in Japan? I'm losing hope with each passing month. I, I won't give up hope just yet, because from what someone told this to, I can't remember who it was, I apologize for forgetting, but apparently Japan just copied what I th- think it's Singapore do. Like there's like a sort of one or two month delay. Singapore does something, and then Japan will copy them. And I, I could have this wrong, but I believe Singapore are allowing cheering now. So maybe Japan will follow. Who knows? But back to the question at hand about where and who indeed hosts Omega versus Osprey. Because I mean, I upset a few people on Twitter. I said that I think at this point I would want it in the states in front of an AW crowd, and they have done the majority of the, the heavy lifting on this. They've done all the builds. We haven't seen much of it on New Japan programming. So I just think it would be an absolute travesty to have this singles match, which I think is one of the most anticipated matches in recent years, to do that in front of a clap crowd. Which just, and, you know, I've been very patient with the clap crowds, but just having, just seeing their interactions on Dynamite as part of that six man, it just it's hit different, you know? And I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole of bitching about clap crowds, but if you were to ask me straight up, would I rather see it in a New Japan ring in front of a clap crowds or an AW ring in front of a noisy crowd? There's only one choice, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I, I 1,000% agree. Um, now, again, that could change. And it, 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 it is really just about the, the cheering crowds. Um, and if Japan opens... Uh, its policies up and we can cheer i would i would flip just that quick right um but you are right in the sense that the build has all been i can't say all been but it's been 90 percent you know aew based um and here's the thing too just because they have it the first time um in the states doesn't necessarily mean we can't do it again in japan like, I don't think anybody would cry if they had round two just anticipating what could possibly be round one. Um, so I don't think there's there's a big – I don't think you have to have either way, e- either side has to be first because I think there's money to be made on both sides. I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a match where – the first one's going to be the big draw and then the second one won't like, I think they both will be equally tremendous. And I would not be surprised if round one 
you know, leads into a scenario where you kind of need a round two. I just think this is, you're right. This is, this is a money match that people truly are anticipating and truly are looking forward to. And I think the energy of that is, is only going to be compounded by having the match in the States where they can cheer. Right. Um, Again, to be clear, if they said tomorrow, okay, fans in Japan, you can cheer as loud as you want. Scream your heads off. Go for it. Fine. I would I, I would have no problem swapping over. But uh, until that day comes, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I want to see this in front of a ravenous, noisy crowd because I think this match warrants it. Did you see any of the Twitter beef between Kevin Nash and Will Ospreay? Is this the thing about the merch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We've got some questions about that. Uh, Parker says, would Osprey have a better chance of impressing Nash and so passing Omega merch sales in Japan if the United Empire logo wasn't such shit? <laughs> and Eric says, Nash's merchandise and dick has me wondering, how do you two define the best, rather than personal favorite, wrestlers? Is it strictly moveset and working ability with promos? and unquantifiable charisma to merch ticket sold popularity and mainstream recognizability factor in. So where do you stand on the Nash versus Osprey debate? Well, um, I'll work my way backwards. So I kind of, for me, there's a big difference between a guy who can go in the ring and the best wrestler. Um, to me, it incorporates all of that. Right. I really feel like that's that's an important thing. That, that doesn't mean you're the number one merch mover. That doesn't mean you're, um, you know, your T-shirts are flying off the shelf. But I think, you know, you have to have popularity. You have to have uh, interest. I mean, that's your job as a pro wrestler is, is to do that. Um, so I think that's a, that's an important piece of the puzzle. But I don't give it as much weight as promos, in-ring ability, um, position on a card, that kind of stuff. So, well, again, it is a piece of the puzzle. I don't think it's as big a piece as, as you know, you could have a cool design that just takes off, you know? You know, people might just like your fucking shirt. Um, it It's a home run. I when hear people- House of Torture merchandise is selling pretty well in Japan. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it's... There's been plenty of T-shirts where you're like, okay, that's a cool shirt, but I would never, you know, who cares about the wrestler? Um, that being said, I mean, I think there's there's something to be said about merch sales, but again, not not a biggest piece of the pie as Kevin Nash would like to believe. And here's the thing with Kevin Nash stuff: like, did anybody ever buy a Kevin Nash shirt? Seriously, nobody bought a Kevin Nash shirt. You bought an NWO T-shirt, right? That's that was the merch mover, and he, yes, he was a a major piece of the, the NWO. Yes, absolutely. But to be very clear, he, nobody's buying Kevin Nash T-shirts, right? And I would and I would go so far as to say this: while I don't have the numbers, I would I would love someone to try and find the numbers of Kevin Nash sales and Will Ospreay sales, right? Again, pure Kevin Nash sales, not NWO, pure Kevin Nash, pure Will Ospreay. And I would not be surprised if Will came up uh, on top on that one. 
Yes, I would like a breakdown of how the sales of the big willy with no big Billy with a slick willy, <laughs> or is it? I can't remember which way around that is. I don't know. Or the Billy the Wanker T-shirts are doing. We got a question here. No username says, "What's your single favorite piece of wrestling merch or memorabilia that you own?" That I own, um, I have a. It's hanging on my wall. I'm looking at it right now. Um, it is Liger, uh, but it's uh, Kishi Yamada, and he is kneeling on it in a in a brook, which looks like it's in Calgary, I guess. And he signed it as Kishi Yamada and not Liger. Um, and I don't know many people who have stuff like that, so that. That is the, probably the one thing that wrestling wise, mer- wrestling merch wise, that um, I dig. Um, I'm trying to think, what else do I have that like I actually sold a lot of my stuff. Um, I guess the only other things that I have, I I, I was at a at a point really hot on getting um, the wrestling magazine, Japanese wrestling magazine covers autographed. So I have a wall that has like three rows across and like five down and they're just wrestling magazines that are signed by those guys. Um, so I guess that, that like that, that's something I haven't sold and probably wouldn't sell, but there's other stuff that I have. Um, I'll tell you what, our friend Jeff from the, uh, I see him all the time at all these shows. That dude has legit ring worn Liger kick pads. And every time I see him, I'm like, dude, just name the fucking price. (laughs) <laughs> just tell me I'll tell you what name a price and I'll and I'll and I'll add 200 bucks how about that um that's that 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 dude has some stuff and uh I'm a little jealous of him he uh he he uh that's one thing I don't have is anything ring worn from Liger um that's uh something I, that I would uh definitely envy I definitely want well how about you do you you don't have a lot of wrestling merch stuff do you no, I did, but a lot of it got lost in the the move from China to Thailand. Oh. I do have my El Desperado piggy bank here that you sent me. Yes. And I, one of my favorite things was the LIJ hat that you sent me. But unfortunately, I lost that a few months ago when I've been out to a bar to watch Arsenal versus Everton and then got a motorcycle taxi home. And this guy was driving so fast that my, my hat blew away. No. I had to try. I could either put my head on my my hands on my head to secure the hat and let go of the <laughs> motorcycle. And I thought, you know what? I don't know if this hat is worth dying for. So I didn't in the end, and it blew off into the Sukhumvit Road, and I'm still annoyed about it. So we'll get you another. There you go. We'll get you another one. Let's move on to discussing Burning Spirit. So this kicked off. Friday, September 2nd, in Kanagawa, in the Yokohama Budokan. And I do, th- I was going to skip this show because it's, you know, it's a nothing show. There's nothing really jumping off the page in terms of looking at the lineups. But I would say it is worth watching for the debuts and, and the returnees because going over the last couple of years, I mean, we've all been very excited about the prospect of travel, quarantines, visas, things like that opening up. And I just love that the list of, of debutants for this tour was the DKC. Well, actually, he's a returnee. So we've got the DKC, Gideon Gray, Hikuleo, and Hysterical Shane Thorne, which uh, it's not exactly a murderer's row of talent, but it does feel like we are moving further away from 
the dog days of 2020, 2021 with that very thin roster, a small roster spread very thin. Uh, and we are constantly now adding little sprinkles of freshness to these shows, just like our sponsors over at HelloFresh. Oh, HelloFresh. Let me load up this uh, phone here because I got something to talk to you about, and that's HelloFresh. Listen, you know what HelloFresh is by now, right? With HelloFresh, you get that farm fresh, pre-portioned. Oh, all the food and all the ingredients and all the seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You're going to skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's numero uno, number one, Ichiban meal kit. Now, you can savor every last second of summer because it's gone. It's September. Coming into the autumnal months. But with HelloFresh, uh, they deliver those fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, allowing you to enjoy the delicious flavors of the season right from home. Look, gear up right now for that busy autumn season. I don't like saying fall. Uh, with 55, over 55, holy Hannah. Over 55 weekly options and take the stress out of meal pre- uh, planning and prepping from family friendly to fit and wholesome and even veggie uh, dishes for you. Hello, fresh as tasty and nutritional meals. Sure to please everyone in your family. So here's the drill. Once you go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use that code VOW16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. How about that? Listen, I know you wanted to try it. I know you're thinking still, Damon, will you shut up about the hell? No, I will not because you have not done it yet. And I know you want to, so get going. HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use the code VOW16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and Three free gifts from our good friends at HelloFresh. I use it. I'm a huge fan, and I uh, I find it to be easy and f- I don't want to necessarily say fun. Cooking dinner is never fun, but easy. Uh, the steps are laid out so that even an idiot like me can do it. Um, and again, the meals are good. Uh, no joke, they're good. So get on it. HelloFresh.com/slash/vow16. Use the code VOW16. Get your stuff, get your orders in, get dinner sorted, and you'll never have to ask that question again. What's, what do you want for dinner? What do I Ugh. Ugh. No. HelloFresh. Got you covered. All right. So get going. VOW16. HelloFresh. VOW16. Get in on the fun with HelloFresh. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, yes. Now, the first match we had on the show was the DKC defeating Kose Fujita. In six minutes, 45 seconds with the DK Crucifix. So maybe that might have been a surprise to some people. This is the second time DKC has received the call as a late replacement. This time it was for, I believe it was for Alex Coglin. And I'm telling you, that shit matters in yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling. We think about a guy like Chase Owens, the, the bedrock of his New Japan career is being that guy who you can rely on, that late replacement who will say, yes, boss, I'll be right there. No questions asked. 
And you can depend on people like that. And pe- people upstairs will remember this. And I think this is, you know, you might hand wave this as oh, it's just a Young Lions match. I think it's a significant submission win here. And I'm maybe this is just me being sort of weirdly proud and, and protective of my boy, the DKC, because this is a guy that I have seen come through the ranks on strong from just being a sort of obscure indie name to now getting to wrestle in Japan in front of the crowds. And I maybe am a bit higher on him than most people, but I, I'm going to throw it out there. Don't sleep on the DKC. I think the Japanese fans are keen on him. I think he might have quite an exciting future ahead of him. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to become ace of the company or anything, but the fact that he has answered that call twice when he wasn't originally intended to be there counts for a lot, doesn't it, Damon? It does. And again, you you mentioned Chase as being one of those guys, and it goes a long way. You'd be surprised how 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 well that sticks. And you are right. One of the great things about the product that we talk about is that that journey, and and it, it it may seem slow at times, and it may frustrate us at times. But there are moments like that where it's a guy that you follow on strong, um, and again, not really hyped or not really. Uh, you know, it wasn't like a lot of pomp and circumstance going into him being there, but he got there. And again, it's a young Lions win. And that's, an, but a submission win and a dominant win. And yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's what you look for. I guess that's a, a big thing that people w- w- should look for when it comes to a lot of these guys on strong is, okay, here's what it is. He's got an opportunity, and he's going to try to make the most of it now. Um, and that uh, it, that that might sum up a lot of what pro wrestling is, right? There's only so many spots. Uh, you get, when you get the tap on the shoulder, you got to make the most of it. And sometimes that might disrupt normal life. But yeah, that's good for him. I'm 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 thrilled for him. Yes, yeah, so I just feel like a running theme in New Japan over the past year or two. Other people dropping the ball and someone else picking it up and running with it. So watch this space as far as uh, Dylan Kyle Cox goes. The second match was House of Torture, Dick Togo, Sho, Yujiro and Evil defeating Ryo, Ryohei Oiwa, Yo, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, 9 minutes 44 seconds. Yujiro pinned Oiwa following the pimp juice. Now, this one was notable because before the match... Yo, with his freshly dyed orange hair, cut mm. quite a fiery promo by his standards. And he has thrown it out there saying that he thinks there should be no more House of Torture. There's talk backstage of you know, exorcisms and Goto's calling them the demon busters. And they even had their own shirt, T-shirts made with uh, no more House of Torture written on them. So I'm quite curious as to where this is going. Maybe we're going to get like a Dragon Gate style faction disband match maybe we're going to get a loser least town match and and people are talking about this people are excited so antonio our friend says i'm going to repeat an old question sorry to but i'm going to say it so let's is it my impression or we're going to see loser leaves town match at wrestle kingdom for never six man belts between chaos and house of torture with a whole hashtag no more hot are we going to see it at wrestle kingdom with one of them leaving new japan or not and michael says thought the tag today and his promo beforehand with the most fire Yo has shown in ages. So I ask, is there hope for Yo? Also, are you hashtag no more House of Torture or hashtag we want House of Torture? So I will say, yeah, I thought it was a good promo by Yo by his standards. And 
maybe something for him to get his teeth stuck into here rather than just coming out in white looking like, you know, create a wrestler number 67. I'm excited about this. I don't know where it will lead, but if I had the book, I, I don't want House of Torches to disappear. I like them in this current incarnation. So I think what we want to do is wait until we have cheering crowds, obviously, and then do the faction disband match with, I don't know, like four, eight man, eight man elimination tag, something like that. Chaos against House of Torture. And I'd have Chaos lose. I say get rid of Chaos. <laughs> I mean, there's always been talk of that, you know? We've been saying that for quite a few years, that Chaos felt like they were being toned down and eventually be eliminated. Um, keep in mind, though, House of Torture is going to play a, a prominent role in this Bullet Club eventual civil war thing. Um, so I don't know if how you would legit, like, is it, are you thinking just like wh- whoever takes the fall leaves? Like, so let's just say like a Dick Togo and he gets pinned and we don't see him anymore. I can't imagine it like them using house of torture, like the idea of yo being, the catalyst for House of Torture being no more and and leaving the promotion? I don't know. I can't I don't, I gotta be honest with you, I don't see that happening. I, I do I mean I I do see them being involved in this Bullet Club Civil War. Which once again, not to uh, to you know divert the boat. This is taking fucking forever. <laughs> Here's here's where the North American in me goes. Oh, you come the fuck on! Uh, it, it feels like it's taking forever. Um, but again, I can't see Yo being the the straw that stirs the drink on that. No. I think it would be quite a cool story for Yo to be the guy who's like, oh, I've got this idea. Let's you know challenge him to lose at least town or faction disband, and they're like, oh, okay, then sort of reluctantly going ahead with it, and that leading to the implosion and dissolution of chaos. And then Yo becoming the villain after that. I think that would be an interesting mm. story. Uh, but just the mm. fact that they went to the effort of making these No More House of Torture t-shirts makes me think that th- they might do something interesting with this. So I'm quite looking forward to it, actually. Um, you've mentioned the Bullet Club stuff. Let's uh, A few questions here. Daryl says, what do you think of this pitch I'm going to present to the folks at New Japan World? Dinner at Haku's treatment. A reality show Haku has to deal with the snide bitchy comments back and forth between G.O.D. and Hikuleo about some backstabbing Benedict Arnold shit, while the old man just wants to enjoy his mashed potatoes. Seriously, did I miss the reasoning why Hikuleo is still with Bullet Club? Did they need an extra guy to fill out the tag at Windy City Right, I'm surprised they aren't playing out that brother dynamic more to get the kid over. Yeah, I was surprised about that, actually. We will talk about Hikuleo in a bit, but I thought they might be some more leg slap, but who knows? I mean, th- there's still time, but uh, sticking with the Bullet Club thing, Morning Pro Ref says, with Bullet Club getting overstuffed and New Japan mostly revolving around this story, who do you think is the next member to get kicked out or leave? With the amount of guys being added to the heavyweight end of the group and his Shibata match now seeming a while away, could it be Kenta? I mean, I've said for a while, I think the next person to leave of his own cord, of his own free will, I think will be El Fantasmo. What do you think? Who do you think will be the next person to leave Bullet Club? Will they get kicked out? Will they choose to leave? Do you care? Where are we, Damon? 
I'm struggling with it a little bit, and it, only in the sense that it feels like we're we're kind of treading water a little bit. Um, I know that there was uh, someone noticed that Doc Gallows was uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong was was removed from. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was so uh, Mint from our Discord to set up these bots, so these are automated systems that track the New Japan website and every time <laughs> Wait a minute, something stop, is changed stop, stop. You know, I, I need clarification I'm sorry what did you just say <laughs> what so, someone created a of our, bot yes a bot for our discord server which automatically checks the New Japan website and every time they change something like if they make a new show and upload it to the schedule or uh, a new profile is added to the wrestler roster page it pops up as a message like new profile added. Da, 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 da. Wow. And it also does the same if your profile's removed. So <laughs> this little thing comes up on just like a nothing day saying profile removed dot gallows. And we're like, Oh, hello, what's going on here? You know, is there some sort of scandal? I'm, I'm reaching out to my people. What's going on with dot gallows is what's he done? Has he been fine? <laughs> and then about two minutes later, Another message pops up. Profile added to New Japan page. Doc Gallows. Aww. We're like, ah, that was <laughs> that was the shortest uh, scoop drama we've ever enjoyed to the Super Aww. J car. So I think it was a whole lot of nothing. I'm afraid. Rats. Oh well. Uh, all right. So Bullet Club. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, I, I think El Fantasmo is the one only because it feels like that's the only one where you even have a little bit of hope. Um, I don't know. I just wish it would kick off a little bit quicker. Um, it feels like it feels like it's not only does it feel like it's taking forever. It feels like nothing's happening at this point. Like that, there's no breadcrumbs or very limited breadcrumbs. And I hate to say it, but another thing that I'm really starting to not be too thrilled about is the fact that everything is spread over four fucking different promotions, like. It sometimes it's a little bit hard to follow if you're not watching every single moment of every single fucking show um, between Impact and Ring of Honor and AEW and New Japan and wherever the fuck else. Um, but even then, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of movement in this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a solid. I don't fucking know, but I just wish something would happen so that we can get a little bit more moving to that position of where we all think we're going to be. Josh from the, we work strong podcast says, do you think ghetto will shuffle someone over to get the DJs reported push versus evil and house of torture? If so, who do you see as the likely candidate? I'll give you a name. Someone, a little Instagram story popped up saying they were, uh, seemingly back in Japan. There's a photo of this person at the Sensoji Temple in Tokyo. How about Gabe Kidd taking that spot and Gabe Kidd being the guy to feud with House of Torture? Uh, all right. I'm only going to say this to say it, <laughs> but... I I do have concerns with Gabe's mental health and um, commitment to wrestling, but that's not that's my only question right now. 
Like, I don't want this to be a Leo Rush kind of thing. <laughs> um, so if he's in, he's in. But like, I just, I just need to make sure that that I would, I wouldn't have a problem with him being the guy if, like, we're cool with him being healthy. Um, I think that's that's really the main thing right now. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four-month lifespan, two-way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24-7 customer support, and you'll love this, none of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a Smart Lock 330, and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus, it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car if I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys, and the two-way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufiofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Yes, I agree. I think I, I would assume the fact that he's back in Japan is a good sign. I mean, maybe I think I that's mean, good. He I don't think he's most of his problems in Japan. Japan, right? Yeah, I mean, they're the lowest of the lows. I don't is know. I, I believe in you, Gabe. You can, you can do it. You can turn it around. I know he can. I, I absolutely, I have no doubt that he can. I just have concerns that he wants. So, and again, we're just throwing out a name hypothetically, mind you, but. Like again, that would be my that would be the only thing holding it back. Um, would be just making sure that you know he's in a good spot to be able to do this because that's going to require some commitment um, to 
not only the program and and um, you know the 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 availability of him um, moving forward. So as long as that's cool, I got no problem with a name like that making that jump. But um, I would kind of. I don't know. I kind of w- would love to see him work a couple uh, more independent shows, kind of get back into a schedule kind of thing, maybe do strong a little bit um, instead of just putting them right feet first into the fire. Yes, that's fair. I was just curious what he was doing in Japan. Maybe he's just gone on holiday. Maybe, maybe he misses the food. Third match, then, we have Jado Mastawato Risuke. Taguchi defeating the United Empire team with TJP, Francesco Akira, and Gideon Gray, the debut in Gideon Gray. So Master Watto got the pin over Gideon Gray with the number nine after nine minutes, 18 seconds. I don't know if you saw his ring gear, <laughs> Gideon Gray. Like, it was an incredible outfit he was wearing with like the, the shiny leather vest and the pants. It was a fantastic look. And just his face, I know Joe Rich talked about this on the flagship, but he's he's got a very unique face he's kind of looks like like a low budget actor you see in a bbc drama playing the role of a sex offender (laughs) (laughs) and so he he obviously you know we know gideon gray he's great but he's a manager you know he's a spokesperson he's not there to be racking up wins and you know holding singles championships or anything like that but there were bless him a lot of new japan watchers who were not aware of this and were really shocked that he lost in his debut match. They're saying, oh, this is this is a weird choice, having this debut wrestler uh, being pinned in his first match. And other people who saw this as like Master Watto getting a huge scalp, they're like, oh my God, Watto pinned the newcomer in his, in his debut match. Incredible. Which I thought was very, very funny. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, so SM North on Discord says, do you think we get Gideon Gray at the commentary table taking up Gino's colour role? So w- what's the direction you think for Lord Gideon Gray? I uh, that I would not be surprised with at all. Um, I mean, there are plenty of times. Well, Kevin Kelly's not there now. Kevin Kelly's back home, right? He's he's not on this tour, is he? I believe that is the case. Yes. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I would have hoped it would have been now, but I would not be surprised to see in the in the relative near future of him being a third mic or a second mic when Chris can't be there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good spot. I mean, that's what he's, that's what he's made for. I mean, that's, that's why, you know, that's, that's supposed to be a cornerstone of what he does. So yeah, I would, I would definitely consider that. I think it's, I, I, here's the thing. I think it's almost a definite that it happens. So, our fourth match saw Aaron Hanare, Great O'Khan, and Jeff Cobb defeating Ghetto, Chase Owens, and Bad Luck Fale. Hanare got the win over Ghetto with a submission with the Ultima after 7 minutes 58 seconds. So, interesting that Hanare picked up the fall here because obviously O'Khan and Cobb have unfinished tag team business with Chase and Fale. So, the fact that Hanare picked up the pin, I'm not sure it's interesting to see what they have planned for the primal bro based Aaron Hanare. Um, maybe something involving eating bananas the correct way. Uh, but more interestingly here, I think, is Great O'Khan, who spoke backstage about wanting a shot in Noah at the GHC heavyweight title because on the show today, he was involved in a six-man tag match. He was teaming with Nosawa and Muta against Keno, Tadasuke, and Soya. 
And Great O'Connor actually picked up the pinfall there. He pinned Tadasuke. But then after the match, he was misted in the face by the Great Muta. Mm. So I think there's some very interesting fallout from this. One, we might see Great O'Connor challenging for that GHC heavyweight title. And two, how about this at Wrestle Kingdom? The Great Okan versus the Great Muta. Ooh, that could be fun. I would, I would, I would be into that. You know, even though you know, at this point Muta is is barely mobile, um, that could be fun. That that might be the perfect match. And here's the thing too: that's a pretty high profile match for Okan. Um, in the big building, and he's getting a lot of shots like this. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting the the Yuji Nagata big match, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that he got all this sort of high profile attention from the news story about him rescuing that young girl. Maybe it's the sort of style of wrestling he has, or you know, the way he carries himself and his persona and his promos. But whatever it's, it is, it seems to be working, and he does seem to be making a big name for himself. It 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 is, and it's. It's one of those things where it's level by level by level. I mean, there's not many pro wrestlers in Japan that is a big as big a name as him as 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 the Great Muda. Um, and again, I th- I still feel like he has enough recognition in the United States for people to be, at the very least, you know kind of raising their eyebrows and be like, oh, okay, that might be cool to see him in a dome environment. Um, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Didn't I see a uh, – I thought I saw a uh, uh, little disrespect from O'Connell with the title. Didn't he just like pick it up and toss it aside or some shit like that? Yeah, so I mean, he's yeah. been disrespectful towards the Noah logos, I believe. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I think uh, uh, even a, an even more significant thing is the fact that we're seeing a little bit more um, cooperation between Noah and New Japan. Even though you know, since that joint show, it's been really kind of quiet. But I like this a lot, actually. I really do. I like it a lot. Now, here's the thing, too, though. I, I don't think this should be a thing where. New Japan guys run roughshod over Noah because they did that with Suzuki Goon, and trust me, it was not. It it really outstayed its welcome. It, toward the end of of Suzuki Goon's run, you're just like, oh my god, this is this. And you thought House of Torture was bad. <laughs> Suzuki Goon in well, well, I was going to say may, maybe the uh, payoff to this Chaos House of Torture thing will be House of Torture being sent to <laughs> destroy Noah from the inside. <laughs> right, trust me, they, that. That was not that. I mean, like I said in the beginning, okay, fine. But boy, oh boy, at the toward the end of that run, it was just like, whew, it was rough. It was rough, rough, rough going. Especially if you were a Noah fan, you're just like, oh my god, come on. So I don't. I hope it's not going to be something of that ilk. But um, I think if they do it right, it could be fun. And that and your idea of Muda and Okan at the dome would be that's a that's that's a nice spot. I'm sorry. That's a nice spot. Andrew says, with the news of Keiji Muto's impending retirement in the spring and his Noah contract expiring in February, is there any chance he comes home to the Cerulean Blue to have his last match 
A true legend like Keiji Muto deserves better than to have his retirement in a small-time promotion like Noah. Oh, wow. What a dig. What's what's his Twitter handle? <laughs> Let's give him the hate. <laughs> uh, he has very smartly deleted his Twitter because he says things like that. Good. Yeah, good call on that one for those smoking hot takes. Um, look, I think uh, I think we all can agree that Noah has seen better days. Um, does I would look personally, I would like to see it. If, if there's going to be a, a retirement r- run, I would love to see him one last time in a dome, even with his wonky knees, even with his hips shot, even with everything. I think like that. But th- do you think that final match, the, the retirement match will be a new Japan match? I mean, if we're being truthful, it's the biggest audience he'll wrestle in front of. So if he wants that to be a last match, it probably should be in a in a dome. But you said spring, so I mean, maybe more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it would be at Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe we're looking past that. So maybe I don't know the whatever we're calling the Sacra Genesis mm-hmm. adjacent show. I wouldn't so have a problem. Could be New Japan. Who, who do you think who would be a good opponent? Maybe Tanahashi again. Yeah, that might be. That would be fine. I mean, it might be a tag match though, right? I I don't know if it would be a singles match. <laughs> as if, as if, as if Keiji Muto is going to agree to that, sharing the limelight with <laughs> well, double the amount of people that he has to. Right, that's a good point. But oh, I'm just saying for his, you know, for his well being, a tag match might be he might be better suited for that. But uh, if we're doing singles matches, you kind of figure a Tanahashi would be high up on the list. But I love the idea of the Okan. I said before, I said, you know, Okan's entrance is very Muda-esque. Um, like, like truth, truth be told, once they get in the ring, it might not be that fucking great, but Boy, oh boy, those entrances are going to be just tremendous. You know that. So just for that alone, I would I would take that. So yeah, I would like to see him back in a New Japan ring just for a couple final shows. So I think that would be look, that's where he made his fame. That's where he made his fame. So let's let's do it. Let's go back to the nineties. Um, all right. So uh, fifth match then was Hikuleo. Let's close the door. Uh, Hikuleo, Kenta, Taiji Shimori defeating Tomaki Honma, Togi Makabe, and Kushida. And it was Hikuleo who picked up the win, pinning Honma in 9 minutes 15 seconds following the chokeslam. Uh, there was something weirdly compelling about Hikuleo beating the ever loving shit out of Honma. Um, I'm going to say, I think Honma has quietly become good again. Really? Obviously, I'm not going to say he's back to where he was pre injury, but I don't think he is the sort of punchline immobile rubbish. Oh, I can't believe they're still using Homma that people said over, you know, one or two years ago. I think he's actually quite fun to watch. In a tag scenario. No, I, I think even in the odd singles match, and I'm not saying he should get a push or anything, but I think in all the spots where he's been given a singles match, whether it's just, you know, opening round of New Japan Cup or whatever, he is one of the better people on the roster at being able to elicit an emotional response and make that connection with the audience. He hasn't lost that. So the mobility is not there. I, I think it's, dare I say it, getting better. 
he doesn't look as clunky and awkward as he has done. Right. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that he he should get a big run or anything, but when I see Honma on a card, I think, you know what? I'm going to check this match out. Okay. And that's fair. Uh, I still do hold my breath, though, when he's in the ring. I do hold my breath when he's in the ring. Um, hopefully, listen, maybe some kind of med- medical miracle has happened and he's able to, you know, he feels, you know, at least 80%. I don't know, but I don't well, know. Maybe they've replaced him with someone else. Maybe it's one of the the, the lost young lions. It's Tetsuhiro Yagi and they've <laughs> shaved his head and given him a tan and dyed his hair. <laughs> it's a completely different person. Uh, no, okay, well, there you go. There's, there's Honma. Uh, the sick match, this is a fun one. It was an eight-man tag. Kanemaru, Despi, Taichi, and Zack defeating Bushi, Hiromu, Sanada, and Naito. So it's Despi picked up the pin here over Bushi after 12 minutes with, with the El Escalero. This was the legally mandated hashtag actually good match on the card. Yeah, they, they put in a lot of good shift here. High effort, high pace. It was good stuff. And the talking point here, Hiromu... Is still going on about creating and hosting some sort of all-star junior event across different promotions. Mm. Uh, that appeared to make Yamato from Dragon Gate on Twitter angry. I don't know if that was him sort of getting in on the act or he was legitimately annoyed about it. But uh, Spannerhead says, with how much he talks about wanting to fight juniors from over companies, should New Japan let Hiromu become a freelancer? To me, it feels like he's starting to be bored with how the company views the juniors. I think this is building towards something, Damon, because Despi was talking about it as well. I don't know what they've got planned if it's if they're thinking of like a big one-off show where it's all juniors across different promotions in Japan being invited for some sort of showcase event. Because, I mean, obviously, we have Best of the Super Juniors, which is the time for the juniors to shine. I don't know. I thought maybe just speculating some sort of tag tournament or something, some sort of tag cup maybe, because that... It being in a tag environment would allow you to get around the politics of you know certain guys not wanting to take pinfalls, but just by all this talk and all, I say no smoke without fire. I think they're building towards something here. Uh, I, I, again, you mentioned it though that we we already have the best of the Super Junior tournament. I mean, we had a Super J Cup that, quite honestly, it was not. <laughs> anything to write home about the last time we tried this. Um, we do have the British Super J Cup coming from Rev Pro. So maybe if he wants to uh, get his feet wet there, that'd be fine. Um, look, if... I, number one, a lot of these guys, they, they don't have like an... an exclusivity if that's the word i'm looking for um like like a lot it's like if you have certain stroke you can go and say okay i want to work these guys and if the office approves it then you, you know you're good to go so i don't even know if necessarily it has to be a new japan thing it could be like a hiromu produce show or something um i don't know i'm gonna give you a solid it depends and I'll, I'll tell you why. Like, the idea of a Super J Cup is very, you know, it's that's sexy. Just the the allure of it because of what it was and what it can be. But I got to be honest with you. I, I just don't know how up 
other promotions are to doing a tournament like this, knowing that probably their guys are going to put over the New Japan guys, right? Um, if 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 yeah, if this event ends with Hiromu winning it again, <laughs> right? Count me out. I don't want it. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> right. I, I just you know what I mean. Like I just. It, this is not 1994. Um, and I, I just worry about, like, who would be involved? Like, if it's the best guys from all over the country like it was before, I hate to be, you know, nostalgia guy, but if it were like that, I would be totally cool with it. But if it's just, like, middle-tier guys... I got to be honest, I can't say that I'm too thrilled with the, with the idea of it. That doesn't really get me going. Now, if they decide to do something and they announce names and it's sexy as hell, okay. You know, I, I'd be very curious as to see the politics that go on to who goes over and who doesn't. That being said, if it's just mid-tier bushies, I'm going to be truthful and say I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's fair. Mm, I just I suppose we'll see where it goes with that. But I do think something is coming. I don't think he's just talking out of his backside. The main event here was Badu Tito, Shane Haste, and Jonah defeating Yano, Tanahashi, and Okada. And it was Jonah got the pin over Yano after 40 minutes with the torpedo. So we got the debut here of hysterical Shane Haste. He's this very weird, jerky, floppy man, a bit like a marionette. He's got a very nice drop kick on him. So good to see him in. Uh, of course, I'm just waiting for Mad Mikey Nichols and he to be reunited so they can resume their great tag team that they had together and really sort of freshen up the New Japan heavyweight tag division. There's been a lot of whispers about Jonah going back to WWE. I mean, of course, Triple H was his boy. Uh, Jonah says he's not doing interviews anymore. Personally, I think he's... I'm leaning towards it being a work. I think he's doing that on purpose to get people talking about him, which is smart. He should do that. He should try and work people into thinking he's going places because then he's going to get more eyeballs on him um but yeah this was this was fun they made the camera shake when he did the torpedo we had tmdk standing tall at the end of the night which is a nice way to sort of shake things up and yeah i just i i'm leaning towards i think jonah's going to stick around i think he's been given that big win over ricardo he's getting another big singles match against him uh later on in this tour so yeah i think he sticks around all right let me ask you this you're jonah you have the both opportunities that are in front of you. And you you can go back to WWE with uh, Hunter running the show, running the ship, or see what happens with New Japan, Okada, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what do you do? What do you do? What do I do? Uh, I follow the money. They, yeah. I, I make WWE drive the dump truck of money to my house and I sell out. Yeah. Right. Of course. But that's what everybody would do. <laughs> I'm going to, because I think one of the most interesting things of the year, the entire year, and pro- maybe something that, you know, is talked about, but not as much as, as maybe everyone should be, is the idea of Vince stepping down. And, you know, a guy like Hunter, who 
feels it feels like he's a pro wrestling guy as opposed to a uh Vince guy you know just of what Vince thinks of pro wrestling um and if it's on the table that he's getting wooed by the WWE and there's some type of incentive for him knowing that okay I'm going to get a decent push. Um, I kind of feel like his days are numbered in New Japan. Because what's the ceiling for Jonah in New Japan? He's not getting past guys like Okada. He's not getting past guys like Tanahashi. He's not getting past guys like Jay White. He's not getting past guys like Will Ospreay, right? He's going to be a monster that's fed to Okada to beat. He had to get a win over Okada to to make it important that there is a rematch. But aside from that, for Jonah, what's his ceiling in New Japan? His ceiling is much higher in WWE, especially if 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 Paul's a fan and he's again kind of like, okay, we're going to do things with you. And that's the only reason why he would go back, right? He's not going to go back just to go back. He's going to go back under the assumption of, okay, big things are ahead for me. And, like, to me, I hate to say it, he's tailor-made for WWE. I don't know. I just think if all those moons aligned, I just feel like there's – I think he's on limited time. I, I do. I mean, that's. I mean, I and I could be dead wrong, and he could be like, I'm. You know, I signed a five year deal with New Japan, which again they don't do. But you, you get my point. I just like looking at it outside the box. I mean, it, it, it just seems that way. So coming up on Monday, September fifth, we have the Burning Spirit Show in Corrigan Hall. So this is the special cheering show. Let's do it. Where I'll just quickly run down the card. So we got Suzuki against Badu Tito, Yano Yo, Yoshihashi and Goto against Dick Togo Show, Yujiro and Evil, Gideon Gray, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb against Hikuleo, Chase Owens and Fale. Fourth match is DKC, Wato and Taguchi against Hinari, Akira and TJP. Fifth match, Jado and Kushida against Gedo and Ishimori. Sixth match, Bushi and Shingo against Kenta and ELP. Seventh match, Hiromu, Sanada, Naito against Despi, Taichi and Zack. And the main event, Tanahashi and Okada against Shane Haste and Jonah. So how excited are you for this cheering show? Well, <laughs> what frustrates me the most, Joel, is that no matter what happens in the world, no matter what happens outside of the, the confines of New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling st- does exactly what it does no matter what. Like, they couldn't throw a decent singles match or a decent championship match or a s- just anything special in front of that crowd who can finally let loose a little bit. That's the only thing that frustrates me. This is your first opportunity in how many years? I can't believe that sentence is even coming out of my mouth. In years, 
since your ticket buying public is able to cheer. The first time in years. And that's the show you're giving them. And again, this would this this show would happen under normal circumstances, right? If, if, if there was no pandemic, we would. This is a show that we would get. No, no fucking doubt. This would be a show that we would get at this time of the year. No doubt. And yet, nothing special. <laughs> nothing, nothing to be like. Ah, oh, thanks, thank you for being a fan of this product. Thank, thank you for sticking it out with us. Let loose. We're gonna give you something to, to let loose over. Now, that being said, all those guys are very talented individuals, and I'm sure we'll have a match that's, you know, we'll get people rocking and rolling in the building. But I think you get my point in a little little something to really get them juiced up and fired up. And boy, they just went the same fucking path as they always do, which... Sometimes I admire the balls that they have to do that, but it's just they're going to do their thing and nothing's going to change the fact that they do their thing. Maybe they just wanted to see what the drawing potential was of just doing a cheering show. Just test the waters. See if they can set it out with just a... The idea of a cheering show, show, Joel, is to give them something to cheer about. Like, this isn't just about, okay, just show up at a fucking arena and make noise, right? I mean, I can, I can get up. Well, that, that's what I think they're doing. I think they want to see, okay, how many people are going to show up just to make noise. Really? And then they can sort of play around with it a bit. I mean, they have 70, they have fucking 50 years of experience in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, like, what would be the... The what 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 do they got to test? What are they what are they testing? Well, I think there's a big unknown in as much of how many people are not coming to shows because they want to cheer and they're thinking, oh fuck it, you know, I'm, I'm, why bother going to it live if I can't shout? Okay. Versus the number of people who are currently attending shows thinking, well, if it's cheering, that's too dangerous for me. I'm going to stay at home. But there's cheering at that's everything why I else. Think they're sort of dipping their feet in the. I, I think that's why they're dipping their feet in the water and gradually sort of announcing more of these cheering shows just to see what the attendances are like so they can ascertain, you know, how it's going to affect the numbers when they do go back to cheering. But like I said, isn't there cheering in everything else? Like there's cheering in baseball. There's cheering in... Like I'm watching high school or collegiate Japanese football one night and there's people cheering. I mean, it's outdoor. I get it. Uh, but... I don't know. I, I I mean I guess it, what it comes down to is is that and I don't know the answer to this question, but and maybe one of our listeners that are living in Japan can clue us in. Like is the public perception still that cautious um, fear that we were living with for two years? Like, is it still the same feeling over there where people are very 
hesitant because it doesn't feel like that in the states. I'll tell you tell you that right now. People are are like I said, I went to a fucking show with nineteen thousand screaming young ladies. Uh, there was no concern about COVID. Let's put it that way. Um, not a mask, uh, not a fucking mask to be seen. Uh, maybe like one or two. I mean, maybe, well, more than that, but like compared to the what the crowd was there, it there were no masks. Um, and I know the vaccine is debatable. With you know, people are. I don't know. I I, I can't. I'm not an expert in it. I don't want to be an expert at it. But I will say this: the the. the oh, they they gave them nothing to cheer about. Let's put it that way. I can't say they gave them nothing to cheer about, but they they I don't know. We've got something Badu a little Tito. bit more sexy. Badu Tito against Suzuki. It's going to be great. Come on. I'm they're going to work hard, no doubt. But come on, uh, am, am I barking up the wrong tree here, Joel? Yeah, I think you're being really pessimistic here. I'm I'm really excited for the show. I think it's going to be good. But okay. Oh wait a minute. Time out. So that lineup you think is deserving of the first show back cheering in years. That lineup. Yeah, because, well, for the reasons I've mentioned, I think running a huge show in a big arena with cheering, I I just think they've got to take baby steps first and see, is there an appetite for the cheering shows and then take it from there? Well, if there's not an appetite for the cheering shows, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Right? How they will be. It will be a successful it will be successful. Just fucking do it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, and and again, you mean to tell me you couldn't put fucking? I was going to say the never title on the line, but but you think Carl Anderson's taking the flight? All right, look, I'm going to have to speed things along here because one, I'm bored of this conversation, and two, my kids are screaming in the room oh, next door. Oh, so right, uh, right, I'm sorry. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll have to respectfully disagree on that. I, right. I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, and okay. I'll, I'll take my victory lap. Next weekend, Sounds Damon. Good. Thank you. Um, all right. So I'm just going to quickly go through Strong. So this was Hyler from uh, North Carolina. So we're coming with a spicy take, first of all. Ian Riccoboni and Alex Kozlov, I think their chemistry is good. I think Kozlov's getting better. I think they bounce off each other well. I think Kozlov's getting a bit more fluid and comfortable with the heel bits. And uh, I think Ian is just that right level of indignant baby face play-by-play. Oh, how can you say that uh, to sort of make those dynamics work? So... Yeah, I'm actually enjoying the commentary. I didn't think I'd say that about Alex Kovsov. First match, we had DKC and Kevin Knight defeating the, what were they called? The Heat Seekers, Matt Sigmund and Elliot Russell. And yeah, so DKC getting the pin here with an inside cradle. And I think there's big junior tag potential for this DKC Kevin Knight team. And as I was talking earlier, that this work ethic of guys like that who just you know keep their heads down, putting a shift every time, reliable. They don't fuck about on Twitter, I, and I'm really excited for Kevin Knight to get the call and make it to Japan because I think he's got a high ceiling. And it's interesting to see these uh, this NWA tag team. Maybe there'll be more of this NWA partnership, and it'll be you know a good steady stream of pros for the uh, the young talent to work with. And yeah, it was good that they got the win here. It wasn't exactly clean. There was some sort of shenanigans with people sort of pushing rolling people over with the inside cradle position. But I think, you know, that's a pretty big win over four-time NWA tag champions. Uh, we also had a little segment with QT Marshall defeating uh, Parker Lee and uh, showed Umino coming out to challenge afterwards. And uh, again, this might shock some people, but I think QT is a, a good addition to Strong. He's like baby's first heel. He's like the entry-level feud for guys like, you know, Shota Umino, Renari to Yu Emra and the likes to sort of cut their teeth on when they're on their excursions. Yeah. We had TJ... 
He defeating Mascaro Dorada in 11 minutes, 50 seconds with a Mamba Splash. So this is a continuation of their feud, their grudge match, the Cruiserweight Classic finalists. And they've got this whole unmasking story going on. And this is good. You know, this is two solid pros having a solid, uh, a, a good three and a half star wrestling match. Uh, as expected, you expect from these two to be able to put on the goods like this. And main event was Ren Narita and Kushida defeating the Workhorsemen from AEW. So this is Anthony Henry and JD Drake. And yeah, this is really enjoyable. I like the Workhorsemen. They're a good team. Um, there was a, a, a funny spot at the end where JD Drake was going to go for a moonsault. And he was he was thinking about going from the top rope. And he put his bad knee on the top rope. And then he thought, ah, you know what? Fuck it. It's only strong. Went back down to the second <laughs> rope and did it from there. But uh, I mean, to add to my earlier point, I think this is an aspect of the AEW New Japan relationship that no one's really talking about. is how they're sort of quietly making really effective use of the lower tier AEW guys to help out guys. Like I mentioned, like Ren and Yuya Shota getting in the reps. And it was interesting here, Kushida winning with a hammerlock suplex. I don't know if that's going to be a new finishing move going forwards, but something to keep an eye on. And also, you remember going to Impact. Impact are really hyping that up. So it's just interesting to see that they're making that into a big deal. So long gone are the days where they'd sort of be burying these guys on the undercard. So you, you're coming to Impact. And I'm going to wrap it up there so I can go tend to my family. Yes. Uh, Redtop.com forward slash super dash day dash cast if you want to throw some money our way. Discord link, you can get that by sending me a direct message on Twitter at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our t-shirts. Thanks, Editor Dan. Twitter at LazHero219. All the other stuff, I'm going to stop there, Damien. Thank you, everyone, for listening and goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.